0: This is Marketplace. I'm Cheryl Glazer. The tab for President Bush's inauguration ceremony is expected to run into the tens of millions of dollars. That might seem an appropriate way to wrap up the most expensive presidential campaign in history. For better or for worse, we've gotten used to seeing big money pour into presidential and congressional elections. But as William Kistner explains in this report from American Radio Works, money is also changing the game in another arena of U.S. politics. This month, 43 newly elected judges take their seats on the Supreme Courts of 20 states. The final tallies aren't in, but the cost of November's judicial elections will likely top the record $45 million spent in 2000. The campaign money mainly came from business interests and their trial lawyer and union opponents. Jan Barron is a lawyer who's represented the Chamber of Commerce and other business groups. public wants elections of their judges. They want judges accountable. Uh, to the voters and
1: if we're going to have that type of a s- process to decide who our judges are going
0: to be then they're going to have to conduct campaigns and campaigns are not neat and clean problem is vicious and nasty may be more accurate in west virginia an independent group largely funded by the ceo of a coal company helped unseat supreme court justice warren mcgraw with attack ads like this one
1: mcgraw agreed to let this convicted child rapist work as a janitor in a West Virginia
0: school, letting a child rapist go free to work in our schools? A record $9 million was spent in a highly negative campaign in Illinois. Candidate Lloyd Carmire was backed by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. The chamber has poured tens of millions of dollars into state judicial races in recent years. It even secretly funded a southern Illinois community newspaper that boosted Carmire's campaign. His opponent, Gordon Magg, was heavily funded by trial lawyers, Carmire raised more money and won. Bert Brandenburg is with the nonpartisan Justice at State campaign. State judicial elections are like the fishing hole that have been discovered. No state that elects courts is safe. No state that elects judges will be immune from national special interests coming in and trying to tip the balance of justice in a particular state. They want judges who will rule in their interest, not the public interest. In theory, elections should make judges more accountable. But Deborah Goldberg of the Brennan Center for Justice in New York and other longtime observers of the judiciary worry that special interest cash will give voters the impression that justice is for sale.
1: Candidates are raising and spending huge amounts of special interest money. And for people who want to go in before a fair and impartial judge, their confidence level is greatly reduced. They begin to lose a sense of what the judiciary is all about. And they begin to see judges as if they're just another politician.
0: The same bitter polarization that has infected presidential and congressional politics is now contaminating the third branch of government. The battle for the courts will only get more costly. I'm William Kissner for Marketplace and American Radio Works. Tonight on Marketplace, we take a closer look at a contentious battle over a Supreme Court seat in West Virginia. So judges will be busy with their corporate crime dockets this week, many of them in federal court. The Tyco case, though, is in Manhattan's state Supreme Court. New York is among 38 states where judges get elected to their jobs. We've heard a lot about all the money spent on political races last year. Turns out bigger and bigger money is being poured into judicial races as well. If money can corrupt the political process, what can it do to the independence of the courts? One of last year's nastiest judicial campaigns took place in West Virginia. Today, the winner is participating in an inaugural ceremony. William Kissner of American Radio Works followed the campaign and reports on what it portends for the future of the American judiciary. A local band blasts rock and roll while dozens of Democratic Party supporters pick over the remains of a roast pig. Beer flows freely from a keg. Incumbent Supreme Court Justice Warren McGraw is here among friends at a dance hall in rural West Virginia. He's stumping for votes in a hotly contested race three days before election day.
1: I have never ever seen anybody so hot after a bunch of hillbillies as these people are now who's pouring this money in here from all outside of our state to try to take over our government.
0: The race for a seat on a West Virginia Supreme Court was mean and expensive. Over $5 million was spent by candidates and their supporters, a staggering amount in this small state. The incumbent McGraw raked in donations from trial lawyers and unions. His opponent, corporate attorney Brent Benjamin, was the favorite candidate of big business and big coal. One of his major backers was the CEO of Massey Energy Company, the largest coal producer in the region. The company happened to be fighting off a major lawsuit headed to the West Virginia Supreme Court. That prompted many in these parts to say that Massey was out to buy itself a judge. At a senior center out on the campaign trail, Brent Benjamin vowed that no amount of money could influence his vote.
1: With respect to um, um, people uh, that that are supporting me, my position has been the same, which is if the law's in your favor, then I may find for you. If it's against you, then understand, I'll find against you. That's the way it is. That's what I stand for.
0: It used to be that judicial contests in most states were kept from getting too overtly partisan by local laws or codes of ethics. But in 2002, the U.S. Supreme Court decided that state judges should be allowed to speak more openly about political issues when they campaign. More special interest money flowed into local races. And like most modern political contests, the factions in West Virginia spent a lot of their money on TV ads, nasty TV ads. McGraw agreed to let this convicted child rapist work as a janitor in a West Virginia school. Letting a
1: child rapist go free to work in our schools?
0: Who is Brent Benjamin? The man a Daily Mail column says doesn't mind destroying a life to get what he wants. Who really is Brent Benjamin? Someone who goes too far to get elected, who is funded by out-of-state corporate interests and expect them to rule for them on the Supreme Court and against working people. Across the country last year, state judicial candidates and their supporters spent twice as much money on TV spots as they did in 2002.
1: It gives them the sense that justice is for sale.
0: Deborah Goldberg is with the Brennan Center for Justice at New York University. She says the more a judicial seat looks like any other political prize, the less people will trust their judges.
1: Their candidates are raising and spending huge amounts of special interest money. And for people who want to go in before a fair and impartial judge, their confidence level is greatly reduced. They begin to lose a sense of what the judiciary is all about. And they begin to see judges as if they're just another politician.
0: When the West Virginia race ended, Brent Benjamin defeated Warren McGraw by a comfortable margin thanks in part to the more than $3 million Massey Coal CEO Don Blankenship spent on the race. At an election night party, Blankenship was elated, and he defended the money he spent.
1: I've never bought a vote. All I did was set out to make the public aware of the
0: issues and what uh, choices they should make, and I think they've done that tonight. So it's a great thing for the kids, a great thing for the future of West Virginia. But in an unusual show of political candor from a sitting judge, West Virginia Supreme Court Justice Larry Starcher lashed out that same night. We're going to see uh, Massey Coal and the big out-of-state insurance companies and huge mega corporations buy a seat on our Supreme Court. And I'll be very sad to sit on that Supreme Court for the next four years, quite frankly. The problem has really spilled out beyond a few problem states. It's truly a national problem. Bert Brandenburg is with the Justice at State campaign, a nonpartisan court monitoring group. 2004 was the tipping point year, and now no state that elects judges is safe from a rising tide of special interest pressure on their court elections. Some states are trying to limit the influence of money and politics on the courts. Last November, North Carolina became the first state to elect a Supreme Court judge using a comprehensive public financing system for judicial elections. Samantha Sanchez at the Institute on Money and State Politics hopes more states will follow suit. I think we all have an interest in thinking and believing and knowing that our judges are uh, paid by the citizens and no private individual. So, uh, you know, I think that that's uh, going to be a trend, or at least I think we all hope it will be, to take politics out of judicial elections and allow judges to be elected based on uh, their qualifications. Some say special interests have a right to be heard in judicial elections. Jan Barron is a Washington lawyer who's represented the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and other business groups. I don't think that necessarily public
1: communications uh, about one's views is inherently corrupt. Uh,
0: it may uh, have a, an impact on the public and on, on judges, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are being bought. The money spigot is open, and it would be difficult for any state to twist it shut. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce poured an estimated $50 million into state judicial races over the past six years. Labor and trial lawyer groups also have amassed a reservoir of campaign cash. And partisans on all sides are prepping for the next major round of state judicial elections in 2006. For Marketplace and American Radio Works, I'm William Kissner. American Radio Works is the documentary unit of American Public Media.